Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I am chatting with Emily Pereira. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. All right, so a little background on Emily. She is an international retreat leader, a certified yoga teacher, writer, mentor, and relationship whisperer, specializing in helping women call true love into their lives. She's also the author of the forthcoming book called The Quest. So um, Emily right now lives in Costa Rica, and we talk about her journey and how she got there, which is, I think, such a fascinating journey about tuning into your intuition and really trusting yourself and um, knowing that you know what's best for you. So that's what I'm all about in teaching divine body wisdom. And I think that Emily really um, has that nailed. And she teaches us, she has got some couple great exercises that we went through at the end of the podcast, um, all about tapping into your feminine energy and um, different ways to kind of help us experience, you know, why taking time for ourselves is so important as well. So I really enjoyed today's episode. Definitely check out her website. I think Emily has such great energy and she's such an uplifting person that, um, you know, I think so many of us can benefit from just having that, you know, those positive people in your lives. I feel like Emily is truly one of those women. Um, and also a side note, if you hear some shuffling or random noises, my kittens, at the time I'm recording this, I still have all three of my kittens living with us, and um, they were in my office and just just tearing it up. So there is a little background noise um, with my kittens, but uh, I don't think it's too bad. So without further ado, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode with Emily. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today I am here with Emily Pereira, and I'm super excited to talk about her journey and um, how she got to be living in Costa Rica. So I'm going to kind of kick it over to you, Emily, and I want to know a little bit about your journey and, you know, starting out in the corporate world and the transition to what you're doing now. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. Yes. I absolutely love your show. Thanks. And yes, my goodness, what a journey it's been. Um, I actually came to Costa Rica right after college and I had this grandiose dream that I wanted to travel the world for a year after college. And when I shared that with my father, he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I didn't know when I was 23 years old, or I think 22 when I first graduated, that I didn't have to listen to him anymore. Yes. Um, but, you know, I had been listening to him my whole life that I, you know, so I was like, well, what about Costa Rica for six months? And so he could get behind that. And so my girlfriend and I, we had absolutely no idea why we were coming here. We were like, maybe we'll work on an organic coffee farm or, you know, we didn't, we had no clue. And we got here and on, I think it was maybe our second day, we meet this guy, you know, he's like from San Diego, you know, expat, you know, all burned out. And, you know, he's like, hey, you girls surf. And we're like, no, like terrified, looks in our eyes. And he's like, want to learn? And we're like, we're like, yeah. And we both just like had no lessons, no idea what we were doing, took the boards out and we both caught waves. That's awesome. And we looked at each other. We're like, that's why we came here. And so for the next six months, we just like cruised around, exploring different beaches, really learning how to surf. And there was this one town that I felt really super connected to, which 
always amuses me now because there's really nothing here back then. It was just like a dirt road with maybe like, you know, like 10 things, um, 10 little like cabinas and restaurants and things like that. And I really felt this very strong pull to want to stay here. But, you know, all the programming of like, we've spent how much money on your education and you're just going to go to some remote beach in Costa Rica the first trip after college and never come back. Yes. And so I went back and did the very traditional thing, um, got a corporate job and did that for over a decade um, in Los Angeles. I was working for a pharmaceutical company. I was a senior sales consultant for the oncology division. And I underwent a, a radical spiritual transformation during those years. And no longer did that career feel in alignment with my heart anymore. And it was very difficult because I'd created this really cushy lifestyle mm-hmm. <laughs> where I didn't have to work more than a few days a week and could make my numbers and free car, free gas, insurance registration, you know, like five weeks vacation. You know, it was like, as far as jobs go, it's pretty nice. Um, <laughs> but it just... I started getting really into natural healing and energy healing and different things like this. And it just felt really out of alignment with, with myself. So I, well, actually I have to rewind. So I, during that time, I sort of was chasing all of those things that I Mm -hmm. was told would make me happy. Mm -hmm. And so I had the job, I was dating a man who, you know, was one of the original MySpace founders. And we had this home on the beach and, you know, it's just like parties, events, vacations, designer clothes, like all the stuff of life. Mm -hmm. And it looked pretty good from the outside. And even when I say it out loud, it still sounds pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But deep in my heart, I knew I wasn't living my truth, but I just what the heck was my truth? I didn't know what that was. Um, so I did more of what I knew, you know, I worked more, I worked out more, I shopped more, I partied more. We're partying a lot. I think a a big sign that we weren't that happy was that we were escaping our so-called perfect life by partying almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. And just around the time I thought I'd be getting the ring we were together for like almost six years. I found out that he cheated on me. Uh, And I went into a very, very dark place because back in those days, my vision of self, my vision of life, the world was so narrow that he was like my world and my whole life just like crumbled down around me. And, um, I had, you know, weird illnesses that no doctor could explain. All of our mutual friends kind of quietly picked him. Um, and I just felt very like alone and, and depressed. And I, I was sure I'd made horrible mistakes. I was 29 years old, 28, I think actually at that time. And just sure I'd made horrible mistakes and ruined my life. And that's when I connected with this teacher. He's a spiritual teacher. And he actually, you know, back in 2006, he may as well have been the Easter Bunny for all I knew about spirituality. <laughs> like this was before Facebook really became a thing and, you know, everyone's posting inspirational messages and stuff. Um, but I just, I, I just knew I felt better in this man's presence. And I would soon discover that he actually had information that wasn't in books and hands that could heal your body, which, wow, I'm working for a pharmaceutical company. (laughs) What's going on here? 
And he looked at me on our first day and he's like, I see you're in pain, but your pain has a lot less to do with this man and this life you've lost and a lot more to do with the fact you've bought into illusions about yourself and the way that the world works that simply aren't true. Mm. And that's that, amazing. Yeah. It was like, I was like, okay, well, what are those? <laughs> and he's like, the biggest illusion you're working with is you think you have to be perfect. Mm. He was like, you think you have to be perfect in order to be worthy of approval, acceptance, and ultimately love. And I was like, nailed it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Our work here's done. <laughs> oh. And that's like the first time after meeting him. Yeah. Yeah. He just, you know, he's clairvoyant, just reading me up and down like a book. And actually his eyes like go like, you know, from, from left to right, left to right, really fast, like reading, mm -hmm. like he's reading a book. Um, and he was like, what are you doing? That's creative. And I was like, Oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, mm -hmm. I think that gene skipped me. And he looked at me and he laughed and he was just like, you know, creativity isn't a genetic thing. It's an energy that's a natural part of being human. And you are freezing yourself out of your natural creative flow with this attempt to be perfect. And I was like, okay. And he was like, nothing in the natural world is perfect. A tree isn't perfectly straight. A flower isn't perfectly symmetrical. You're part of the natural world, right? So how why could you be perfect? I was like, right and he was like but this attempt to be perfect means you're walking around in a constant state of judgment of yourself mm. and judgment has a very dense energy vibration that forms a block that is preventing the flow of creativity for coursing from coursing through your body and getting to your creative channels which are your hands and he's this is they drop this bomb on me this is the wisdom bomb that changed my entire life and he said you don't have to be perfect to participate. You just have to give yourself permission to be the beginner. The beginner isn't supposed to know anything, so the beginner can never fail. And I was just like, oh, when you say it like that, it's so obvious. I just oh missed gosh. it for the first 28 years of my life. <laughs> so, and where did you run into this man? So I met him at an art gallery. And he actually is this very celebrated artist. And so oh he's really like, you know, coming, he show, he's shown his artwork all around the world. And so he really was coming from a place where he really understands creativity. Mm. And what I didn't, it, it wasn't that I felt instantly creative, um, but everything he said to me on that day resonated as a deep truth and I continued to work with him. And he taught me that, I was vibrating in a place of victim nature in my life that I believed things happened to me. Mm. And he said, if you can adopt the understanding that you and you personally are responsible for creating every single thing in your life, your life is going to change radically. And I trusted him and I started to do that. And he was right. In a very short period of time, my life started to change radically. And I was able to create all of the stuff of life again. And I created a new man and a new beautiful home and new beautiful friends and all of, you know, social things to do. And I knew still deep in my heart, that was like not it. Like there was something else that I was missing in it. It was a very unnerving feeling. Mm -hmm. And when I, after a couple years, literally of working with him, I, I just expressed to him that this apathy was sort of like eating me from the inside out. And he was like, you're a writer. He was mm. like, you have to write your story. He's like, even if you show it to nobody, it's going to heal your heart. 
And when he said that, I felt like someone did a tap dance, literally like on my heart. And I was like, you know what? I think I am a writer. Now, let's not worry about the fact I've written nothing. I mean, nothing in the past 11 years besides emails and I don't know, maybe the occasional thank you letter. So it was like all just very esoteric. But. Oh my gosh. So I want to like uh, kind of go back because I think you've hit on so many things that I think all of us feel at some point in our lives. And like the first one that you had said, which I think a lot of us get stuck in, is like letting go of our parents' approval and needing to go, you know, what our parents say and kind of going down that road, um, you know, with your dad even being like, you can't move to Costa Rica, you know, instead you went on a six month experience there. Like how, how can people kind of work through some of those issues or maybe you still are, I don't know, like how is that now with your family? Well, it's really you that up. You're very tuned in. <laughs> Um, well, so th that story just to, just to, it'll, it'll bring us to here is with that insight of just being the beginner, I sat down and I wrote a 600 page book. Okay. Oh my gosh. And, oh my that, gosh. <laughs> and that writing of that book transformed my entire life and it opened a floodgate that allowed me to start doing all sorts of creative things. And I started to play guitar and sing and write songs and paint paintings and do improv and dance in a burlesque troupe. So it just totally radically changed my entire life. And as a result, I started writing more publicly and sharing things online through my blog and on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. And bringing it full circle back to the dad question is just recently my dad, I'm 40, okay, by the way, <laughs> my dad <laughs> called me on the phone and told me to not be so vulnerable and feel so much about myself online. <laughs> I was like, wow. And my dad is like a pot smoking artist. Okay. Oh, that's funny. He is a seemingly a chill man. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So I am in a place right now where I'm sort of like, really like finding my power and even another level of it within you know, being a woman, the patriarchy, even my own dad, and being free to express what is true for me, even when it's scary, even when it's vulnerable, because if we're not freaking showing the truth of who we are, life just becomes this glorified beauty pageant that is utterly dull and simultaneously very terrifying all at the same time. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, I mean, I think that's, that's something that I know has stopped, you know, others many that I've talked to is, you know, kind of that, the parent thing. And I, like my mom, I don't think she listens to my podcast. She's like, I'll start. She doesn't. I mean, and she, my parents are farmers. And so they're, I have had just a different experience. So whenever I have that, like, I just have always done my own thing. I've just been a weird odd duck from the beginning. And I'm the <laughs> only girl. That. I have three brothers. And so like, I'm just not used to like that experience, but I know so many people that I've talked to, like that is a big thing and a big deal. And so um, like, that's something that I try to get, you know, other insights in. So other people can kind of see, okay, like here's some different ways through it. Or maybe you're always constantly working through it, you know, just as you're kind of doing right now. Yeah. You know, for Father's Day, I sent him a letter because we hadn't mm -hmm. spoken since the, the mini lecture that he gave me, which was in the middle of one of my retreats I was leading, by oh, the way. Oh, oh gosh. Horrible <laughs> um, timing. I know. I was like, this is, I really was like, this is so amusing that this is <laughs> happening right now. Um, but 
I think I wrote him just a very loving letter, just about all the gifts he's given me, and just that really each generation communicates and connects in a different way. And just mm-hmm. as he was growing up in the 60s, I'm sure he was doing things that were radically strange to his immigrant Portuguese farmer parents, yeah. actually. That's and so true. So, yeah, we're, we're living in such a different day and age where there's so much more transparency and there's so much more vulnerability. And so I just said, I don't expect you to understand it, but let me explain, you know, like, and I tried to explain to him a, a bit and then I just said, I accept you. If you can't accept it, I still love you so much. And, um, but this is my path. And I just, and I just kind of asserted that power in my life that I'm a 40 year old woman and this is my path and I'm not going to be quiet. Mm, I love it. And is that kind of some of that same, you know, strength and like courage almost to leave your life that you had. And, um, I know other people are kind of stuck in that. They're like, should I, should I leave the kind of way from college to get our jobs? You know, maybe we're happy, maybe not on the outside. Everything looks great, you know, but they feel that, you know, kind of soul hit, like something is out there that's better for me. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people kind of in that limbo dance? I definitely think anytime we betray our intuition, it comes back to smack us. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've, I've received so many learnings along the way, and I'm grateful for my years in Los Angeles. I needed those years. Those years really, um, I learned a lot about myself and, and things that I wanted to shed. And, you know, that's sort of just a, an ongoing journey. But how I got here is that I... I started my business on the side of my corporate of my corporate reality. And so this is, you know, if you are in a corporate reality and you're kind of like, gosh, I'm just like, you know, I called it the golden handcuffs. I was always mm. like, oh, these golden handcuffs, how do I get out of this? And so um, if you're really passionate about something and feeling something that you're being called to do something, it's, it's true. There, there's no mistakes on that. Like we are all here for a very specific reason. We all have a gift to give. And so I started my coaching business on the side and I started leading retreats when I was on, on my vacations um, from my job. And it started to grow in, into a pretty substantial thing. And I was on a retreat up in the northern part of Costa Rica um, because it's easier to fly into that northern part when I was first starting out. And I was on my surfboard on the last day of the retreat and the sunset was just exploding in the sky above me. And I was just feeling just the incredible connection of sisterhood and just rejuvenation and creativity. These are all aspects of the retreat. And I just said a little whisper. I, it just, I didn't even plan it. It just kind of popped out of me. And I just said, I don't know how, and I don't know when, but I'm going to live here someday. Mm. And I'm sure you are well aware about the power of intention. It is no joke. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then I have a question about that too. Cause so what if like, you know, it came to fruition and you're there, what happens if you're like, this is my intention. And you know, maybe it's like, Hey, here it is like everything you asked for, but we ignore it you know, we then make up an excuse. Cause I've also seen this where people are like, I have it, but now I don't actually, you know, maybe trust yourself to actually go for it. Well, so I really have found that when we set an intention in earnest, where like it's aligned with every part of ourselves, the universe conspires to rearrange reality, to bring us, to bring that to fruition. And so a few months later, I, it was right before my 38th birthday and I just got a hit, go to Santa Teresa. 
So Santa Teresa is the town that I said I really connected with back when I was 22 years old. Um, and I, I booked a ticket two weeks before. I'm, I'm like, I'm going on a solo trip and I'm just going to Costa Rica on a solo trip. I'm going to see if I like that town as much as I remember liking it. And on that trip while I was here, I was on the path to go surfing and normally I'm a pretty decisive person and I was frozen in indecision this day. And it was like the waves were big and windy and I had like a devil on one shoulder being like, don't go, you're crazy, you're going to die. And on the other shoulder, I was like, be the beginner, you got this. <laughs> and, um, and all of a sudden this guy walks by with his friend and with this thick French accent and he's like, you're Marcella's friend, no? And I was like, uh, who are you? <laughs> and I had met this French guy in the street with another friend that I had made um, a few days earlier. And we, I put it together and he was like, how does it look? And I was like, you know, didn't want to tell him I'd been frozen in indecision for 10 minutes because I'm terrified. I was like, it's a little windy. And he was like, I think it would be good and something about the way he said that like felt like an invitation for me to follow him. And so I followed him into the ocean and it ended up, he was right. The wind died and it ended up being really great. And we just connected and we just kept catching waves and coming back to talk to each other. And he was just like, you're traveling, you're traveling alone. And I said, yes. And he said, he, invite, he ended up inviting me to dinner. And long story short, we had a baby almost one year ago. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. So did he like, I mean, what was he doing there? Like, like, how did that kind of manifest? Were you looking for this? Um, not super overtly, I wasn't looking for it, but I was just turned 38 and I do, did want to create family. Um, but I wasn't like, I'm coming to Costa Rica to look for my man. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm going to go see if I like that town and maybe I can figure out a way to spend half the year there. You know, I was trying to figure it all out. And so, um, we ended up just having this kind of whirlwind romance and we ended up, I extended my trip and we went on a surf trip all around the country together and he just dropped me off at the airport and he just said, this is like one of my favorite stories. He was just like, darling, I know from working in the restaurant, the man, the man who knows exactly what he wants. He said, I have the chocolate cake. The woman, she changed her mind. She said, I have the chocolate cake. No, no, I want the ice cream. No, I have the pineapple thing. So you want, you go home, you think about it, you come back, we make a baby. <laughs> that is too funny. Because he didn't speak very, we didn't speak English very well back then. We were communicating oh in Spanish. <laughs> that is so, oh my gosh. So he knew what he wanted. He says, the man know exactly what he wants. <laughs> so I awesome. like, so I went back to my little cute bungalow in Venice Beach and I sat on my like, you know, couch that at one time was a really big deal for me to buy. It was like this nice couch with my beautiful artwork and my things. And I just was kind of like, they're just things. I was like, I want the adventure. Oh, I love it. And so I just called him up and my dog's name is Disco. And I was like, are Disco and I still invited to come live with you in the jungle? And he was like, of course, darling. And so we came. And so you've been there about a couple of years now? Yeah, it'll be almost two years. Oh my gosh. Like that, that is amazing that you just kind of, you know, like listened and tuned in and, you know, you knew it was right. Oh, 
that's a big, that's a big thing. Yeah. You know, I think something that has helped me because people are just like, well, how do you know you trust him? And Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And, and what I've kind of come to on my journey is that I don't really need to worry about trusting him because I trust myself. And I really do believe I personally create every single thing in my life for my benefit and evolution. So no matter what happens, there's learnings. And no matter what happens, I'm growing. Mm. And we actually are at a little bit of a conflict in our relationship right now because I'm doing sort of this extreme detox diet with almost 100% fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Following the protocol of this renegade naturopath called Dr. Morris. And my man's a French chef. So he's struggling with just this really sweet part of our lives that we were were sharing where he was cooking for me a lot and we were going out to eat a lot and stuff. But I'm having to really listen to that intuition of my body that this is what my body wants right now. Mm. Um, But yeah, but no, but we've created a beautiful daughter and yeah we're, we're we're doing the jungle life we're actually building a retreat center together here and we do our retreats together he does the food and the surfing and I do everything else oh my gosh that sounds amazing and congratulations Thank like that you. I was going to ask you too about that retreats and like I you know because I saw you did yoga retreats so um is that something that you did start while you were still working in corporate and then it's just kind of every year you've been going to Costa Rica, is that kind of how it's always been in the back of your head? Yeah, it started out, I actually started doing the first ones in Mexico, and okay. then I brought to Costa Rica, and then I moved to Costa Rica, so now I'm doing them more frequently, like um, maybe four times a year. And yeah, it's, it's called the Mermaid Sisterhood, and I, I, I named it that because as mermaids, not only do we go surfing every day, but we also are diving deep within the depths of ourselves. And a big focus of the retreat is accessing our creative passion, because I've really found in my own life, the more that I light myself up with my passion and really have enthusiasm for my creations, that's when I become a magnet for attracting all the things that I, I want to my life. That's when I create, you know, a loving man and amazing opportunities and inspired friends. So I've really found that it's such an inside job. You know, our, our culture really promotes going out and achieving all of these things. But yeah. I've really found the more that we kind of bring it in and, and, and bring it back to self, that's when we kind of effortlessly attract it. So the retreat's a big part about you know, my, the, my, my website is called The Way of the Radiant Woman, and it's really about creating that inner light. Radiance is an energy that really shines from the soul. Mm-hmm. And so the whole week is set up really to, to reconnect with that part of ourselves that just really already is so bright. It's, we don't need to brighten up. It's there. It's the stuff we put on over it that dims it. Yes. And what about like the, you know, how the feminine energy kind of plays a role into this and, you know, I think a lot of us, I know I was, and, you know, I've really, but this year actually has been kind of my intention is to really connect back with my feminine energy and working on receiving. Cause I think again, in our society, it's so easy to fall into the default of do, 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 you know, kind of keep pushing masculine energy. Um, how do you kind of go about bringing in some more feminine energy into a, maybe our daily lives? Absolutely. So a little exercise that I usually do on the retreat is, you know, we go through and I just throw it out to the group and I'm going to, I say, I'm going to give you some words and tell me if you identify with these words. And the words are, you know, do you feel like you get really serious about things? 
are, do, do your creations take a lot of effort? Do you have problem mentality? Like, oh, well, we could go there. But the problem is, mm. is there's a lot of traffic at this time of day. And well, we could, we could set this up on this platform. Yeah, but the problem with that mm. is, um, and then we have competition, and then we have exhaustion, and we have punishment. So like self-punishing, like I'm not good enough and things like that. Mm. So when I throw those out to the group, usually people are like, oh, rot row. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and, and you know what? In my younger years, I connected with every single one of those too. <laughs> but, and, and most of us women do because that's, those are actually masculine traits. If we look at the status of the world right now and a lot of the turmoil we're experiencing, they come from those masculine traits. And those masculine traits come from this programming that there can only be one king. There can only be one Superman. Mm-hmm. And that puts men into a tailspin trying uh, is this life becomes a serious pursuit where there's lots of problems to overcome and it takes a lot of effort to be the only king and i need to compete against all the other guys to be the only king and so no community there and if i'm not the only king i'm gonna blast all the other societies i can be number one (laughs) so what happens as women is we actually naturally vibrate five times higher than men because we can create human life in our bodies effortlessly. But we drop our vibration unconsciously because they're running this joint. Mm. <laughs> you know, the patriarchy still reigns supreme yeah. on planet Earth. And so we start to adopt these behaviors, believing this is the path forward for us. When in reality, women naturally, instead of vibrating in a place of serious, we vibrate in a place of amusement Mm -hmm. and playfulness and lightheartedness. And so a way to, and I'll just go through the different ones so you can get the understanding of the difference, but it's just good if you catch yourself being like, oh God, I got really serious about that. Mm. You can be like, okay, no, I'm allowed to just remember my natural way with just being in a place of amusement. I'm going to be amused by this. Like even with my dad, he got so serious and angry with me. And I was like, this is so amusing (laughs) that this is happening during my retreat. Um, And that he feels threatened by this in some way. Um, But then we have, you know, we have the effort. So women are in ease. And this is, we see this with the pregnancy. You know, you you have a child. So, you know, with pregnancy, it's like, you know, the egg meets the sperm and, and then you pretty much can live your life and there's a baby growing. That's, that's ease. Yes. (laughs) And then we have, um, problem mentality versus passion. It's really in our nature as women to vibrate in this place of passion about ourselves, about life, about our creations. And then we have competition versus community. As women, we are naturally community-centric, but we get into this thing, this quagmire where we think we need to compete that there's not enough to go around. And instead of exhaustion, you know, we don't need to look too much further than Mm -hmm. Mother Earth to see rejuvenation Mm -hmm. with her cycles of fall and winter and spring and summer. We have a monthly cycle. So we have this ability to naturally rejuvenate ourselves. And then we have, instead of punishment, we have permission. And this Mm -hmm. is really being the beginner 
And in reality, when we really take it away from the humanness, these are really the spiritual levels and men can get there too. It's just that women, as women, we need to vibrate there first and bring the men with us because that programming that there can only be one king and one Superman is the reason our planet is the way that it is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even some of those words, you know, with the feminine, you know, permission, you know, exhaustion is also quite common. But some of those you're like, oh, wow, we really can give ourselves permission to rest, you know, just little things like that, you know, changing our language and the way we think about things. I just got chills when you said that. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's really so important. Yes. Oh, and taking care of ourselves and just knowing that it's not, it's not selfish, you know, to make time for us. And, you know, like that's, I like to get up early at least, you know, sometimes 4.30 in some mornings to make sure I have an hour to myself, you know, every day before my day gets going and then I lose that connection. And then I feel, I get lost, you know, if that happens day after day, like I can just feel myself falling into life's demands and then we slowly lose that separation with ourselves. And I think that's what I see, you know, so many women kind of battling is that, you know, how do I find the space and create the space to find me again? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so crucial. I mean, there's a little exercise that I love doing with people and just, um, it's really this idea that, okay, if we have time, I'd love yeah. to take it. Okay. Yes. So I want you to just imagine that you are a five-year-old kid. And you're in your kindergarten class, and your teacher says, Here's a tray of chocolate chip cookies. I want you to hand out a cookie to everybody in the class and then take one for yourself. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I love chocolate chip cookies. This is amazing. And you're handing the cookies out to everybody in the class, and you get to the last kid. He takes his cookie, and you look down at the tray, and there's just a few measly crumbs. How do you feel? Sad. And hungry. Yes. Uh, now, imagine a different scenario. The teacher gives you the tray, says, take a cookie for yourself, put it in your pocket, and go and hand a cookie out to everybody in the class. Mm. And you get to the last kid, and there's not enough cookies. What is your natural inclination? Just give them give your cookie. To share your cookie, yes. right? Yes. It's, that's like my, what I say the whole retreat is about. We're learning how to put cookies in our pocket. Because if we don't have cookies in our pocket, we don't have anything to give to anybody else. Mm -hmm. We end up really resentful, really depleted, and just, and just feeling like, you know, the world's sort of against us when we're constantly giving everything to everybody else and there's not anything left for us. So what you're saying about getting up in the morning and having that time for you, you are actually giving yourself the ability to gift your whole family, all your friends, the people that you work with. It's like, it's such a shift in perspective that we as women, you know, we get confused because we're nurturers naturally. And so we get this message, we're supposed to take care of everybody else. And that's going to somehow magically make us okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great example. And I think many of us can kind of I mean, that's, I was sitting there closing my eyes and doing it. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can feel that. And you just feel that different energy between the two, you know, situations and then putting it into your own life. Like, how can I, you know, make sure I have a cookie for myself? Exactly. And even with Manet, my man, like if he doesn't go surfing for a couple of days, I'm like, you need to go put some cookies in your pocket. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're really out of cookies right now. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. I have to share that with my husband. He's going to get a kick out of that. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I want to know, um, you know, kind of wrapping up. So I know you have an upcoming book called The Quest. Uh, tell us a little bit about like what, what it is, who it's for, um, and you know, where we can find that at. Yes, well, it's, it's in the process right now of bringing it out into the world. Um, it's for women that it's for women that grew up in the Sex and the City culture or in the culture that told us if we get the man, we get the career, we get the shoes, we're going to be happy. We're going to yes. be fulfilled. It's for women who know deep down that they are meant for something more. Um, the way that the book is written is written in a way that you go on the journey with the narrator. She knows nothing about nothing <laughs> um, <laughs> on page one. And so it's really this radical quest that she is on to understand who she is, why she's here, what is this really all about, and how you can really have the darkest moment of your life and fall through the floorboards and end up on the brightest horizon you never even knew existed. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a much needed book and I will be getting that book to give to people. <laughs> Thank you. It's yes. also very it's also very much a comedy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, I love love that. I'm a I'm a reader, so I will definitely be picking that up. That sounds awesome. Oh, um, so yeah, and I want to send people to you because you have a free ebook as well. Uh, and I I checked out your website uh, before we did this interview and I loved your website. And I loved um, the little video that you have at the top. I mean I was just like, I cannot wait to talk to Emily. Like everything that she stands for is just stuff that I can get behind. And I want to, you know, send people to your Unstoppable Woman, you know, free uh, ebook. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I have a, a, just a mini ebook. It's 29 pages and you can get that at my website. Um, right now it's emilyprayer forward slash gift. So for all your listeners, and then also I have another piece on my website that I'd love to offer all your listeners and it's yeah. six ways to rev your radiance right now. Ooh, I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I always like to, you know, end on a weekly challenge. And so when I have guests on, I have you kind of give the listeners a weekly challenge. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be for everyone? I would love that weekly challenge to be where is what is something that you know you have an inkling of interest for but you're scared because really just fear of failure creates apathy and so where in your life this week can you give yourself permission to be the beginner and just know it doesn't matter if i win or lose if i if you know i do this perfectly um, i'm just going to give myself permission to be the beginner and and just embrace this and explore this. Oh, I love it. That is, I, I need to do that with, um, I want to try to learn how to knit. So I'll be like, this will be a great, great time for me to challenge myself to do that. Fantastic. I love it. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Like this has been a great interview. I loved getting to talk with you and, um, you know, getting to know your journey because it's been, it's a fun journey like that you took us on today. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And everyone, go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power Podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.